Welcome to The Quizmakers, a podcast from Riddle.com. Join our weekly chat about all things quizzes, marketing, and everything in between. We'll speak with entrepreneurs and marketers to get their quiz secrets, plus share our story, the highs and the lows of scaling a successful startup since we launched way back in 2014. Hey, Boris, welcome back for another episode of our Quizmakers podcast. Thanks for coming along. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Very good. Very good. Thank you. Great. And welcome to all the listeners out there. Um, in this episode, so we, when we started this podcast, we called it the Quizmakers because that's what Boris and I specialize in. That's what Riddle.com as a Quizmaker well, does. However, there's also a story that we like to share about how you can grow and scale a startup. And obviously, every startup is different, but we also want to pass on some of the lessons that we've learned. And so, Boris, you and I were talking um, just this morning about some of the conversations we've had and seen since you were mentioned as one of the top 20 tech founders in Europe to follow. And... uh, Maybe you just want to brief the listeners on some of those conversations and, and, and kind of what's come about come from them. Yeah, one of the the key topics actually when I talk to people, um, you know, they want to know how did you do you make that list? The honest answer is I have no idea. And then the next question is how did you manage to find all these cool customers? Um, saying, you know, I'm seeing riddles everywhere, you know, on sites from the BBC to the NFL, Red Bull, uh, huge brand names. So they always ask, what's your sales tactic? How big is your sales team? Uh, How much do you spend in marketing? Um, Can you guys be profitable and still get all these customers? So that seems to be a common thread of what people are most interested in uh, when we talk about Riddle. Perfect. And (laughs) this is is one of the things I love so much about working at Riddle. The answer is also quite fun. So what is the answer you get to tell them? Yeah, the answer is the sales team is um, zero. We don't have any sales guys, uh, which is usually met with complete disbelief. Um, then they're like, well, then you and, and your co-founder, Mike, you're probably all day on the phone and on LinkedIn and you know trying to get these customers. And honestly, how much time do you spend, Mike, a day trying to find new leads? Oh, well, that's, that's easy. Um, zero. Um, yeah, so generally... I will um, answer lots of questions on our support chat. Those will lead to demonstrations and product demos from people who are interested. But we have the luxury of people reach out to us and talk to us because they're interested. And that's a totally different versus us calling, messaging, pleading with people to try our product. So that's the, the simple answer to the question, how much marketing budget do we spend to get inbound leads? It's the same answer as for the sales team question. We spend no money on ads. Well, that's actually, it's wrong. We dabble with a little bit of Google ads for about five or $10 a day. Um, but, you know, mostly just to test some things out. Yes. Not, you, you can't really attract any, any meaningful traffic with that kind of ad spend. So we don't do anything. Um, and then obviously the next follow-up question is like, so what do you guys, what do you guys do, right? Okay. How do you get all these customers? And I think it all starts, at, you know, very basically, you have to have a good product. 
if you if you don't have a product that people like, no tactic for sales or marketing are ever going to be long lasting. I guess if you're an amazing marketer on on social media um, or on TikTok, you could probably sell something crappy to a lot of people uh, exactly once, yeah, and then you'd be done for. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah, but repeated success. So you have to have a good product. And thinking back, we didn't always have a good product. Right? No, that's very true. Actually, I wanted to take that one step further. I would say not even just a good product. And not that this is going to sound slightly egotistical, but your product needs to be a great product. You need a product where people discover it, start to use it, and love it so much that they want to spread the word about it. And a good to average product, yeah, people will, will use it. That's great. But you really need that those brand evangelists, those ambassadors to really to, to do that. And yeah, Boris, you mentioned, like any startup, we made some missteps. We made some mistakes early on. Yes, we used a lot of our initial funding rounds to build a product that we or our investors believed would be an amazing product. So we talked to a lot of people. A lot of people told us that our idea is amazing. And we spent a lot of time and money building on our beliefs, launching something, and then realized that over a period of seven days was heavy investment in marketing and salespeople. We used to have salespeople. Uh, returned, I think it was 10 or $12 in revenue. <laughs> Yeah, that was not one of our finer moments, was it? No, that that was fairly frustrating. But, you know, as a good team, we, we didn't despair or fight over it. We just took action, which is kill the idea and try something new. And the new approach was to not listen to ourselves so much and to our investors of what they wanted to see, but talk to the customers that didn't use what we thought was great and ask them, you know, what do you really want? what would you buy? And also asking them for their credit card and say, well, could you buy that now? You know, we have basics of that and we'll make it better over time. And we started doing that. And that's become the riddle you see today, which focuses on just the best tools to build quizzes, polls, personality tests out there. And building them heavily was, was feedback from our most important customers. And, you know, that's probably the second thing that we do after finally now arriving at a product that is really, really good, at least as good as everything else out there, I would say better, but because it's our company, I have to say better, (laughs) is to listen to customers by talking to them um, and customer support. And you're probably leading that effort, Mike. So we've done an episode on customer support before, but just... You know, give me a 30 minute, a 30 second pitch. on what you do. Yeah, not a 30 minute. Um, no, it's essentially. Yeah. So when we started Riddle, we um, we tried several different approaches. We tried uh, several different pricing models, freemium, you know, all, all sorts of things. But what we kept hearing was that people kept asking questions and wanting a certain subset of our features. And because of our, our backgrounds from working at Tickle.com and then a whole bunch of other um, quiz marketing startups, we're like, look, let's just focus on that. But a key part of this cycle is you've got to hear from your customers, especially your early adopters. So Boris and I, like, 
you know, when we found out, we started using um, this really cool software called Intercom. And I'm sure many of our listeners have, heard, have probably seen that on many websites. There's those little chat box windows that pop up and people, normally a live person will say, hey, how can I help? And the downside, it does hurt your work-life balance a little bit because we'll be answering messages from the pub or I answered messages while hiking up uh, in the Himalayas because we actually had Wi-Fi or had uh, data connection. So I would answer messages real quick. But by having a good product and then being really active on customer support, you get this cycle of people start find us, we help them. They are happy. They spread the word, but also we're learning about what they want and what they need. So, so many of our requests are like, I swear on our roadmap, 80, 90% of our features come from our customers. But they're like, hey, like, for example, you guys should have a quiz timer. So people have a set time limit on the quiz. They're like, That's a really good point. <laughs> so we, we built that. Hey, you guys should have backgrounds. You should have more flexibility for lead generate. Yes, you're absolutely right. So that's the whole cycle. Great product, really active customer support, uh, co-founders if possible, devs, engineers, get everybody involved with customer support. More than 30 seconds, but that's the cycle. And something, you know, if you're listening to this and you're starting a company and you think, oh, that's, you know, I, I always listen to my customers. I've been trying to build what they want and it never works. That is true. In a lot of cases, you have to be careful who you listen to and how much mass appeal something gets. So if you only have a very small set of customers and you build what they want, you may end up building something extremely niche and highly specialized. Yeah. So you know, our job as, as founders of the company and managers is really to look at all these requests, find a common ground, and bring all these requests down to what is absolutely necessary. What can we build really fast that will give them 80% of what they asked for and, and probably never everything because the remaining 20% take too much of your time as usual. And also check who you are talking to. You know, there's a big difference if you're talking to someone, you know, at the BBC, who is very familiar with using online formats, quizzes, interactive games, has done this all his life, usually talks to an audience of millions and kind of knows what he's talking about. Or if you talk to, you know, a 14-year-old kid, you know, who's trying to build something, you know, for his friends um, yeah. that he wants to quiz on Facebook. Yeah. And if you treat all these requests equal, you're going to end up with a crappy product. So don't listen to all the customers. Kind of find out who you're talking to is probably a big, big takeaway here. Yeah, well, and there's also the squeaky wheel. Um, you know, basically, when I, looking at our community, there are we have a, a wonderful, positive, encouraging community. And they're so appreciative. And we are as well of all we do, but also all they do. And we just love learning from each other. However, when we started, especially in those early stages, there were a couple customers who were super particular. They needed highly specific features, and they said, this is so important. But yeah, Boris, you and I mentioned as founders, we, we took a step back. We're like, how popular among the whole community is this tiny little feature that they think is so important? 
how popular? How is it going to move the needle in sales and retention and all that stuff? That's the that that's what you have to stay focused on. And it's it's probably the the core job you as a CEO or founder of a company have is to look at all these distractions because that's what they are. Right? Everybody wants something. Everything becomes important, and keep everybody on track and create traction of what's important. Um, and the only thing that's important is something that serves the most users, something that has mass appeal, and that in the end will generate money, new subscribers. That's what you need to focus on. And to tie this all back, so, you know, we said we have no sales team. We don't spend on marketing. We focus on really, really good customer support. We focus on word of mouth. Is that working? And yeah, you can look at our website. You can look at our showcase. You see all the amazing customers we found. You still may not believe that we found them to word of mouth, but we have some nice anecdotes, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this actually happens so often, So, which is brilliant. It's so encouraging. So... We're really widely used in the NGO, nonprofit, non-governmental organization space. They all talk to each other. So, so many on support, they're like, oh, hey, I found you through these guys. They said you should try them. Uh, my favorite one, though, is, um, so we started a trial with the BBC's children's division. And they're like, hey, you know, you guys look like you know, your quiz software is really good for engaging our, our kid, our children's audience. Brilliant. Um, so they started using us at 10 o'clock, 10 30 PM, my time, I got a message from this guy over in Chicago in, uh, in the U S and he's like, Hey, I'm a British expat. Um, you know, basically I saw you on the BBC. I work for the Chicago bulls. So we started chatting. They started using us. Then the Chicago bears saw the Chicago bulls and they're like, they talked to each other. And they're like, yeah, that's brilliant. So the Bears started using us. And then the Bears, the NFL said, oh, hey, wow. And so they talked. So basically, BBC to, uh, to Bulls, to Bears, to the NFL. So these types of chains happen a lot. And it all came about from hopefully that really good product. But second, the fact that I answered at 1030 at night, I might have had a beer or two um, <laughs> on, a, you know, on, a, on a weeknight and got that fast customer support. So that's that whole cycle. And, you know, when, when you want that to happen, you need something that people, that makes people talk about you. You're probably not going to go and talk to someone, you know, about, oh, I've, I'm using this new email tool. You know, it, it has this, you know, it's, it's boring or whatever. You're, you may be talking about new music you discovered on Spotify that's not on Apple Music and get someone to try out Spotify just for that one song that you rave about. So you always need talking points. So a talking point probably is not, you know, I built this quiz is not such a great talking point, but Hey, you know what? I've, I've used this new software. Um, I ran into an issue and guess what? You know, it was 10 o'clock at night. Um, I hit up, I hit them up on chat, not expecting an answer. One of the founders came up. He's this really funny guy. He was chatting to me from a pub. I think he had a beer or two. <laughs> and he was able to solve my issue. How great is that? You know, so that's a story that people tell. And if you look at our reviews on 
on Google and Captera and a lot of these review sites, people say things, you know, you expect them to say, it's a really good quiz builder. You know, I generate a lot of leads, opt-in rates are amazing. But the main, the main topic everybody starts to review with, their support is so amazing. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's super encouraging. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so that, that would, I would definitely go with that. And it's, it is a distraction and we have had to balance things. Maybe, you know, we've, we've gotten our entire team involved just to keep things under control. Cause as a founder, you also got to maintain and balance your work life energy. You know, if you're answering messages at three in the morning for, let's say folks in Japan, because of time zones, that's probably not sustainable or healthy. Um, so yeah, um, actually the one other question though, so oftentimes as startups, you know, you'll have a bucket of money from your founders, from your investors, and you'll say, okay, well, we need a, uh, we need a marketing strategy. We need a, we need a, probably a PR strategy. You know, I mean, how would you, how would you address, I mean, obviously no, but how would you address kind of, um, using kind of marketing PR advertising, uh, to help grow your business? And it obviously all depends on your product, right? So if you have a product with a B2B focus uh, as we do, and you only, you talk to very specific people in an organization that need lead generation um, and want to do lead generation through quizzes or need higher engagement through interactive formats, it's fairly expensive to reach them through banners and through traditional forms of advertising. That costs a lot of money. So, Early on, we decided we have to reach them to word of mouth. We need to get people talking about us. So that was our approach to support. And we need really good SEO. So, you know, we spend a lot of time writing articles. And we also need mentions in other publications. So the only expense on marketing we have is we hired a PR agency. Um, Happy to mention them. They're publicized. Again, we took a very unusual approach. We didn't hire an agency in London, as many would. Uh, We hired an agency from Medellin, Colombia. Um, Again, I met the founder of that agency, Conrad Aguza, at uh, South by Southwest. We were standing in line trying to get into a talk and started chatting. And I just loved his approach. It was so close to what we were doing, you know, building a scrappy startup in an interesting location that no one thinks about which was Medellin, and attracting top talent. So, you know, the, the people that work with us on our account, they're, they're expats, they're uh, Americans, they're British people that moved there. They used to work in, in jobs at Google and other amazing companies and wanted to live in, in a sunny place. Not saying that England isn't sunny, but probably not <laughs> no. as warm as Colombia. <laughs> we have at least three days of sunshine. So that is know. a year. Or yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> So that was one approach and that really worked for us. You know, we're getting, we're getting a lot of articles published, a lot of PR, but that was our marketing or still is our only marketing strategy where we spend money other than writing content. And of course, uh, doing podcasts like this. Oh yeah. Doing a podcast. That's a new experiment. We don't know how that's working yet. Right. It's hard to track (laughs) in a year. Yeah. We're still doing this in a year and you can still up, download episodes in a year it's been working yeah but uh but but basically to kind of wrap this episode up because we do try and keep these uh, short and punchy but you know essentially you know killer product it's got to be really good if people aren't gonna you know be wowed by your product you are in trouble um invest in customer support get your entire team to do it 
learn from your customers, but also keep that focus and not get distracted by every little request. Keep that general train moving in the direction that's going to move the needle for the widest percentage of paying customers that you that you want. Um, and then be, be smart and strategic with your resources. Maybe paid marketing, at least in our case, wasn't required, but great SEO, investing in a good PR agency, but not in an expensive retainer. So that was a very effective use of our resources. Um, that's the cycle. And that's how we ended up with like really, a, a, you know, we're very flattered to have some of the people we're working, actually to have all the customers that are using us. We are. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. I hope you learned something. Again, if you have follow-up questions, want to know more details, we're fairly open about everything we do. Just hit us up on chat. Just ask for Boris and Mike after you. Well, ask for us, but I got to tell you, if you're listening, we have a monthly competition, especially between Boris and I, on who answers the most chats and there is beer involved. So uh, I'm going to be first because I'm competitive and I like beer. As this podcast has already told you. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing from you. Uh, thanks so much, Boris, and we'll talk again soon. Talk soon. Bye, Mike. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Quizmakers. And don't forget, check out Riddle.com. We're the quizmaker used by the BBC, Shopify, and thousands of other companies worldwide. Our quizzes are fully accessible and they're GDPR compliant. So try our free, full-featured trial for 14 days, no pesky credit card required. And until next time, happy riddling.